Here's a message from Ken Lavica. The events of yesterday lend to this eternal question. Is there anything in sports more disrespected than the Miami Heat? Stone Lebanowitz hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVeca Live on ESPN 106.3. The Heat are pissed, and they should be. Bam Adebayo should be furious, should be livid. Heat fans, those of you listening right now, you should be wildly upset. And those who aren't Heat fans, you are looking at one of the biggest injustices I've ever seen in sports, whether you like it or not. Ken Levick alive on a Tuesday here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Tuesday means, once again, part two of the week for Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. Uh, one of the faces of the best damn local sports you're going to find internationally around the globe, and he is furious as well. He's not as high-strung as I. He makes it sound cool when he's upset, yeah. but trust me, the man is upset. Yeah, we're equally angered. I just I, I channel it in a different yeah. way. Yeah, it's why yep. you're infinitely cooler than I am, <laughs> and that's why the balance is good because I'm twitchy and angry and high-strung. It's Stone the coffee. It, it is the coffee. Yeah. By the way, uh, I'm going full black coffee now because I'm trying to get my body in Jamaica mode uh, when I go in June, and this is miserable. Yeah. Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights, he runs this crap show until 2 o'clock. We're in the Anna John Levine Action and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, the legendary Phillips Point Towers. They happen to be expensive as well, right next to the sparkling and uncomfortable Intracoastal. We, we, we heard from Bam Adebayo towards the tail end of yesterday's show, guys, but it's worth listening to it again because Bam Adebayo is mad. Bam Adebayo is upset. Bam Adebayo, not even a finalist, Theo, for Defensive Player of the Year. Marcus Mm. Smart of the Celtics, who ho-hum got 39 dropped on his head in Game 1 against the Nets, a Celtics win on Sunday. Marcus Smart is your Defensive Player of the Year, but Bam Adebayo couldn't even get in to the discussion as a finalist. Arguably the most individually talented and impactful defensive player in the NBA, and he couldn't even become a finalist for the award, Theo. There is something inherently unfair and honestly incompetent about that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's disrespectful. And even at the end of the day, like when we're sliding guys like Rudy Gobarian, who let Maxi Kleba go off for like a playoff high, career high. It's like at some point defensive versatility should matter in this. Yeah, yeah or game one was a showing. Kyrie went off for 39. Right. One, he held Trey Young right. to eight points. And still, remind me, how how um, how um much did Trey Young go off for? It was one for 12 uh-huh, that's right. from the field mm. and 0 for 7 from three-point mm, land. Mm, mm, and that mm-hmm. one was on a fast break yeah. route. Later. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And – um. Uh, the, the number yesterday, I believe, if my brain is working correctly, from Brady Hawk, who does a great job with five reasons sports, uh, Bam, when he was guarding the shooter in game one against the Hawks, Hawks shooters were one for ten. Yeah. I mean, sweet mother of God. Yesterday, understandably, Bam Adebayo at the Heat facility, post-practice, unhappy. Disrespectful, obviously. Um you know, I feel like I can do anything that, you know, two out of the three can do. Besides, I mean, I can't teach height. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they all three play on TV more than me. So I would expect that. You know, they get more TV games and uh, they get more exposure. You know, people like to talk about them more. Don't nobody want to talk about us. So... It's whatever at that point. That said, do you think people also don't appreciate the nuance? That there's probably not 
definitive metrics other than maybe going deep into the metrics where you can just say, hey, X, Y, and Z, that what you do has to be seen to be appreciated? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's why a lot of dudes get, do get a lot of awards, in my opinion. You know, they're always on TV. Um, you know, getting to just showcase their talent and, you know, so I happen to have good games. He's he's not wrong. Well, I don't know. So his point about the TV games, I think Utah doesn't get more. Utah TV had more games. national TV games than the Heat did. No, no, no. Don't tell me that. Utah had more national TV games than the Heat did. If that is a if, numerical fact. If that's Theodore the truth, C. then then we really need, I mean, at the league offices, we need some mm-hmm. hefty changes. Mm-hmm. And and part of the benefit for the what? Jazz is that they play in a two-hour difference yeah, time zone yeah. than the Heat. So they can get on that late game. Yeah. And think about how many national TV opportunities were taken away from the Heat, who spent the majority of the year as the one seed, so we could watch the Lakers flounder and lose over and over and yeah. over and over again. And Russ put up shots that are over the backboard and LeBron not play and the Lakers take L's. But hey, at least we got the Lakers on TV who weren't in contention for a good two and a half months during not, the course of this season. Not just that, but then you have those forced in Knicks games. You have the Nets games where Kyrie was probably gone. You, it was a lot of probably opportunities where the Heat could have got national TV games. Now, what I have the problem with is... Of course, this is voted on by the media, and I mm-hmm. think that probably is the right way to go because, as we've seen with all star voting, I think voting, that's the terrible way to go. To be, well, well, as we've seen with all star voting, the players aren't going to get it right. They're not going to take it seriously for one, and secondly, sometimes they're a bit skewed. I mean, there's a reason why LeBron James, the greatest of all players, wanted Russell Westbrook on his team. They're not the best of talent evaluators. I think that media who are watching maybe two or three games yeah. a week are a worse option than the peers. I think it goes for the NFL, for Major League ah. Baseball, for the NBA. It, I, players are dumb. Make no mistake, come but on. media is lazier. Come on, come on, man. Lazier. Like, come on, but, well, there's the best solution, I think, and that's what I was going to say. I challenge the media then to just speak more to your sources, speak more to these coaches, have more access, do a better job, because if you talk to any coach, who would you rather see in a playoff series right now, Rudy Gobert or Bam Adebayo? There's a reason why the Jazz keep getting bounced in the first round. Yep. You could pick apart Rudy on but specifically because how terrible he is at defense. At well, not at he's not terrible at defense, excuse me, but at being able to close out to guys or protect the rim. He's a liability for them right now. That's the reason why the Mavs were able to win without Duke, Luka Doncic. Like now, the one argument against Bam was that he missed thirty games. Right, so but Rudy Gobert won a Defensive Player of the Year playing yeah. less minutes yep. than Bam Adebayo did yeah. this year. So anybody who wants to bring up that argument, and I'm glad you did that, Stone. You you brought that up to tee me up. I'm not like coming at you. What I'm saying is that that's a completely invalidated argument because one of Rudy Gobert's Defensive Player of the Year awards, he played less minutes than Bam did this year. Bam should have at least been a finalist it's ridiculous At that he the wasn't very yeah. least how yeah. can they let that stat go to the wayside how can rudy go and he played less minutes I like know. like i'm sure the voters that was their reasoning that mm-hmm. he missed 30 games but with that stat like do they not know that stat like did the research team not do their but job it's selective numbers to support an argument right. john hollinger the athletic is the king of that because he made a snarky tweet this morning about Bam Adebayo discussing national TV appearances. Oh, yes, the national TV appearances of the Utah Jazz, question mark. But he pulled a Theo. Yeah. Except Theo's not a national NBA writer (laughs) with the athletic. The Phoenix Suns, 23 nationally televised games. The Boston Celtics, 22. The Utah Jazz, 12. Those are the three teams that had finalists for Defensive Player of the Year. Then there's the heat clocking in at 10. You know what's ridiculous? Well, the difference is I'm so used to this is my like second year living in South Florida. So the heat are always on TV for me. I'm so used to it. Mm-hmm. The heat are on TV because I've lived in Houston. I've lived in North Carolina. I've been a heat fan like my whole life. I've only been able to really watch the, you know, the national games or NBA, you know, league pass. So 
I see the Heat on TV so much, and I'm like, man, what are you talking about? You're always on TV. I, I forgot. I live in South Florida. For well, some, yeah, for somebody who yeah. stays up till midnight watching the Lakers, it's like, oh, they're on ESPN tonight. I'll be fine. I can, I can put it on. I've never time. seen the Heat like no, have that 10:30 right. spot where like I'm excited to watch them. I would be, but they're just not there. It's yeah. never, they're, it's never that. They were the one seed the vast majority of the year and couldn't find a path to regular TNT programming, to regular ESPN programming. I mean, ESPN became the home of the Lakers. <laughs> I mean, it was astounding. I can't tell you how many Lakers games aired this year on ESPN where LeBron wasn't playing. Yeah. That's the whole damn reason to have him on. It's disrespectful. Yeah. Bam said it correctly. But don't take it from me. Don't take it from Theo. Don't take it from Stone. We're just blabbering dopes. How about Eric Spolstra, who yesterday was asked whether or not he was celebrating being a finalist for NBA Coach of the Year, which to me was a shocker that that actually happened. And Spo didn't want any part of talking about him. So was there a big celebration at the Spolstra household of being named final three for Coach of the Year? Uh, hopefully Tyler gets uh, sixth man of the year. I think it's deserving, um, and uh, I'm just really stunned that Bam is not a finalist for defensive player of the year. Um, I don't know what what people are watching, uh, and he's played enough games, so I don't want that as an excuse either. Thank you. Um, that's probably the biggest uh, disappointment, the one disappointment of the, of the year. Um, and that's a shame, but uh, if he just continues to do this, uh, eventually, uh, you give people no choice but to recognize, you know, what he's what he's capable of doing. So you guys already already have a big goal of winning a championship, but do you think a snub like that for Bam could it be something extra for him to carry? I don't think so. I think he's totally driven by winning first and foremost. That's what makes him really unique, particularly for a young emerging star. His his focus is on winning. Um, you know, but I, I think it's, you know, it's a byproduct of winning. You know, usually you get some individual accolades as well, and I think that would have been uh, well-deserved. Uh, but, you know, we'll move on, and we got bigger things to, to focus on. Yeah. But the fact that Eric Spolstra didn't want to talk about him, didn't want to talk about being a finalist for Coach of the Year, yep. went right to BAM, that shows you how egregious that disrespect is, and you can bet that that was the talk of the heat practice facility yesterday was how in the hell was Bam Adebayo not a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year when for almost the entire regular season we were the top team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and a top five defense in the league. Mm -hmm. And he's a guy that, again, is matchup proof. That's the thing about Bam Adebayo that is um, it's, it's incredible for the Heat and it's what helps the defense flow. Like, he's matchup proof. If it's a guy like Joel Embiid, he can hold his ground. And now Embiid's a huge dude, and sometimes he's going to get the best of him, but he can hold his ground with those kind of guys. He can switch out on guards like Trey Young and get stops. I mean, he's good at deflecting in the passing lanes, yep. protecting the rim. Just ask Jason Tatum. Like, it's he, he does it all. Everything that Marcus Smart can do and Rudy Gobert can do, that's Bam Adebayo combined. Yeah, in one package. In one package, but not good enough to become a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year. In fact, he had more first-place votes than Rudy Gobert. Makes sense. He had more first-place votes than Rudy Gobert, but he couldn't get in to the top three because not enough of the voters actually watch the NBA. That's disrespect. And I don't care if it's annoying that we're soapboxing this because there is not another team, in my opinion, in sports that as a whole, as a conglomerate, gets disrespected more than the Miami Heat. And I'm trying to figure out why. And I firmly believe that it all goes back to taking my talents to South Beach. Mm. There are media members, there are fans who refuse Refuse to let go of the anger and the jealousy that they felt when LeBron James decided to leave Cleveland and come to South Florida and the big three were put together. They were hurt. They wished it was them. They're angry that the Heat were able to create a mini dynasty. 
because their front offices couldn't imagine it because their franchises weren't good enough mm. and the Heat are to this day still paying the price for the anti-Heat sentiment that was generated and then perpetuated once LeBron came to South Florida. That is my firm belief, that the Heat are still, from a reputation standpoint, and getting the proper respect they deserve, paying for the big three. And it's absurd, and it's nonsense, and it's petty, and it's unprofessional. Yeah, and you know what? The one thing, the one thing that can heal all, the one thing that can right the wrongs is this Heat playoff run. And they talk about how Bam out of bio, you know, Eric Spolster said this won't drive him. I, I've walked the grounds that Bam out of bio grew up in High Point, North Carolina, part of the Piedmont Triad. That's where I, I last actually uh, covered sports out in the Piedmont Triad in, in North Carolina, or Triad in North Carolina. And the thing about it, when I moved there, they is, is Greensboro, Winston Salem, High Point. High Point's where Bam is from. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like, "Don't go to High Point." Bam grew up in a trailer park there with his mother. Humble beginnings has had to fight for every single thing he's had his whole life. Has been disrespected through high school, through going to Kentucky, becoming a back end of the lottery pick with the Miami Heat, and now he's still getting disrespected as a Defensive Player of the Year finalist. And you know what? I think it will fuel him this playoff run. I grew up in Chicago as a White Sox fan which is one of the loneliest sports existences <laughs> that you're going to find. I grew up in a Chicago where the Chicago Cubs were owned by the most widely circulated newspaper in the entire Midwest, Yeah, the Chicago Tribune. You think the coverage was balanced between the Cubs and White Sox when <laughs> I was growing up with the Cubs owned by the Tribune company? Uh-uh. The Cubs with the Ivy and Wrigley and the Allure and, at that point, the Curse and the Billy Goat. Lovable losers, friendly confines, come in on a bus from Iowa and experience the greatness that is old-timey baseball. Meanwhile, the White Sox, who won more than the Cubs did south side of Chicago, the projects, Cabrini Green, who wants to drive down there? Who cares about the White Sox? They don't sell out their games. That was disrespect. I experienced disrespect as a White Sox fan every day of my damned sports life growing up, and I still, to this day, have not experienced what I see with the Heat, Mm. especially this season, in the disrespect category. I don't know if I've seen another team or franchise disrespected like this one is, and I firmly believe it stems from the big three era, and people sick of hearing about how good and how much better Pat Riley and Heat culture is than their team and their top executives. Mm. What in sports is more disrespected than the Heat? Because me, I can't think of anything. What in sports is more disrespected than the Miami Heat? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at KLV1063. What in sports is more disrespected than the Heat? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Our man Ernesto is in Boynton, and he gets us going here on the phones. I'm Ken Levicka Live. What's up, Ernesto? Thanks for taking my call, guys. Let's first by saying stop crying about that because, first of all, you got to go to those people, the voters, the people who vote. You go to them. And if they came out and said, oh, we didn't see the game, then you know what? Take their job away. Take it, rip it right in front of them because, you know what? If that's your job to vote, then you're supposed to be seeing how many games are supposed to be in the season. How many? Because, you know what? You're supposed to see all of them. I don't care. If it's your job, you see all of them. Take notes. At the end of the year, you analyze, you crack down the numbers, and then you find out. But don't say you didn't see the games. Then you what the hell are you doing? Ernesto, here's the problem. And and appreciate the call, but the the media members are the ones that are determining who votes for the postseason awards. This isn't the NBA saying you get a vote and you get a vote and you get a vote and you get a vote. This is a media monopoly about who determines who wins what award in the postseason? And the NBA does, I think, right? The league offices select the people of the media that will vote because you got to be like an NBA beat writer for. Well, a there's certain, a certain know. number, but you're taking recommendations from the media yeah. about which media member is going to end up getting a vote. Yeah, 
Yeah. There are the NBA determines which publications get a Give vote. Votes, yeah. But not the individual that's getting the vote. That's totally up to the media yeah. and those decision makers. Well, and at this point though, it, it just so what do you think the solution will be? You think that a player vote might be yes, better? A player vote, or at least a certain percentage of peer vote is absolutely the way to go. But it's not just the NBA, yeah. it's the NFL, it's major league baseball. Stone, you can attest to it. You played division one college football. The best observers of who is good and who's not on a field or on a court are the players who are actually going up against said athlete. Yeah, especially I played in the FCS, so the media is not we're not already in the spotlight. So these guys who write articles, like they never watched dark games. They never knew. It was always the big names, you know, that the coaches mentioned. But if the players were to decide, yeah, it would make a lot more sense. And they know a lot more than the guys who are, like you said, half watching games. And listen, I I am a media member. I'm not trying to bag all of these media members. Mm -hmm. Some of them actually take it seriously. But what I'm saying is when you have a Bama to buy you, who can't even get in the top three, mm. and the reasoning, you're going to hang your hat on you didn't play enough minutes, even though you're completely ignorant to the fact that Rudy Gobert won a Defensive Player of the Year award playing less minutes than uh, Bam Adebayo this season, then you are doing this honor a disservice. Yeah. A complete disservice. Yeah. I, I think, it. I think too, the, the solution to this should be that media members who do get votes – are more earnest and are more attentive and reach out to people and really take it seriously. Like I know one of my my buddies has called into the show a few times, uh, Christian Winfield, New York Daily News. He got his first vote this year and he spent like hours and days and days talking to people. He's trying taking to it seriously. It's not yeah. a novelty because for him he is a Nets beat writer for the New York Daily News, so he's mm-hmm. covering those Nets. But he also you know so he's not going to see as many of the other teams all throughout the year. But he made the calls and did his research, took it seriously, and put in real votes. There's got to be a bunch of guys who have this on the back burner who maybe this is their fifth year doing it and they don't really care. It's not a novelty. And they just submit the top three guys that they think deserve it or they read somebody else's column and pick and choose from there. And those are the guys that need to get weeded out. How do you do that? I don't know. Maybe also coaches. Like I think I might even prefer coaches over the players picking it because at least with the coaches, they do study these other teams because they have to game plan for them and create ways oh, to yeah. stop them. Sure. So if coaches had to do it, I believe Bam Adebayo would have easily been a finalist. But then that also brings you into discussion about the coaches' poll in college football because there's yeah. not a chance on God's green earth yeah. <laughs> that Dabo Swinney is watching the, uh, the, the, the Mountain West game Saturday though. night at 11 o'clock and he has any thoughts on Utah State that's at different. number 24. Because that's different. At college football, there's like 200 teams. Like, in the NBA, there's 30 teams. You all play each other, so you have to watch film on all of the teams, and, right? And Yeah, right. And to Ken's point, I mean, they can almost expose themselves in a sense of like recruiting. Coaches lie to each other because they want this guy, yeah. and they want him to go here, and they don't want to have to play him. So it's not really to be trusted. Yeah. College coaches, at least. College coaches. But no like, way. In- I mean, if FAU, for the three years that Lane Kiffin was at Florida Atlantic, and the two... 10-plus win seasons and the conference championships and the bowl game wins, FAU never got into the top 25. And Mm. you want to know why? Because coaches, A, weren't watching, or B, hated Lane Kiffin. That's exactly why that happened, because they didn't want to lend credence to Lane Kiffin actually resuscitating his career. Mm. And nobody can tell me otherwise. It was a vengeance move to not launch Lane Kiffin at FAU into the top 25. And you know what that ultimately does? That hurts the profile of the school. That hurts the recruiting of the school, all because these coaches hold a grudge. So I'm not sure that coaches are the way to go. I think there Players are certainly, too, though. even in a league, but even in a league, though, even in a league, there are grudges yes. against certain players. Yes. So I know that it's not perfect, but I also don't know if that's the way to go. I do think there's... When it comes players on players, there's more respect there than there is any other way of determining postseason awards. I mean, don't they do the NFL top 75 or the top 100? That's the players' voting, isn't it? That is. The play- yes. The top, NFL yes. top 100 is players' vote, but there's Usually no the money empty, tied to that. Right. But that's not the postseason awards. Yeah. Yeah, it's but not but the Usually the, the league's MVP floats right around that one, two, or three spot, and that's based off of the players. So it, it aligns more correctly than the NFL has this. it more right than the other, than the other leagues. They do, but I'm saying the whole thing is flawed, though. 
The yeah. whole thing is flawed. But this especially, this is embarrassing, and this stands out. If the Heat were the sixth seed, we're moving on. We're talking about yeah, yeah. something else, right? Like, we're not leading the show with something like this. But when Bam is calling it disrespectful, when Eric Spolster doesn't want to talk about himself as a Coach of the Year finalist and instead immediately launches into a diatribe about what are these people watching when it comes to Bam Adebayo. When you have a team that's the top seed in the East, you have a guy, the numbers are tangible, how good the Heat are when he's on the floor defensively. This is indefensible. Mm. That's an interesting point because you might be able to say if the Heat were the sixth seed, they'd be on more headlines and be getting more games because the conversation would then be, are they a dangerous sixth seed? And they would bring up all their statistics and talk about how much of a threat the sixth seed is an interesting point. I feel like the Heat would get more. Well, the Heat get punished for consistency. Yeah. The Heat get punished because Eric Spolstra, who, shockingly, not winning coach of the year, he gets he gets no respect. He actually, more so than Bam, is the one, is a lifetime achievement award, hasn't gotten the proper respect. For all of those folks that want to sit here and talk about, oh, well, he had LeBron, he won his championships with LeBron, Wade, and Bosh. Name me one other coach other than maybe, maybe. Uh, Who's coaching those Pistons? Is it Larry? That was Larry Brown. That was Larry Brown. Yeah, yeah. Larry Brown but was but what I'm saying is with those egos, name me any other coach other than Phil Jackson or maybe Pop that could have handled that team and led them to the success that they did without the whole thing imploding and falling apart. Especially after year one, LeBron's like doing the shoulder bump thing, mm-hmm. Spolstra undermining him, all of that. Every Spol- other place, LeBron has showed up, and within two or three years, the coach is gone. Yeah. Sometimes even one. Yeah, or half a year. Every <laughs> single time, right, or half David, a year. Goodbye, David Blatt. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Luke Walton. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Eric Spolstra survived that and has thrived after that. The only coach to be able to do that. So if we want to talk about disrespect, there's the guy who's on the sideline for the Heat who probably has a better case and a bigger case with more evidence for being completely disrespected and put into a box over the Big Three era. But again, people don't understand that. They don't get the dynamics. They don't watch Bam play defense and they don't understand the dynamics of an NBA locker room. There are maybe three people on the planet who yeah. could have handled the big three heat locker room. Bill Jackson, greatest coach of all time. Greg Popovich right behind him. And then Eric Spolstra, who is in that discussion. I don't care what anybody else has to say. Pat Riley technically too, I think. Pat Riley but, too. I mean, he's in the heat. He came, <laughs> the heat. he came back and he saved a locker room with D. Wade, Shaq, Gary Payton. Yeah. All those guys. Yeah. Nobody else could have done that midseason and turned it around and won a championship. Uh-uh. Not at all. Well. I can't think of it. I can't think of it. What or who in sports is more disrespected than the Heat? I think we've pretty clearly laid it out that this is egregious and unprecedented. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. Mark is in Riviera Beach. And Mark's on Ken Levick Alive. Hi, Mark. Hey. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I've always talking about this situation with the Heat. I've always said that the reason why they have that bias is because of LeBron coming to South Beach. Yep. That's number one. Then number two, I, I I noticed how they treated Eric Spolstra. I think the best year he had coaching was the year they broke five hundred. If you remember. They lost a ton of games at the start of that season, and I think they managed to get it together and went 41-41. And I think he should have got a coach of the year for that job because he managed to keep the team together. And then third thing is this. I always say I thank the New York Knicks organization for treating Pat Riley the way they did, and he left – and he came to Miami, those three championships that we have should have been in New York Mm. if they had only listened to his proposal. And they didn't do it, and I could watch any Knicks fan that might be listening, I watch their face at it because they know, they know damn well that this is the reason why Riley is in Miami and he has kept this team relevant 
and we are a team that is being dealt with right now. They don't like it, but I'm telling you right now, I see us going far into this playoff picture. I don't believe in, in, in um, the, the Nets, and I definitely don't believe in Boston. Mm-hmm. And I'll end my call right here and listen to you on the other end. Mark, appreciate you, and I don't have any disagreement yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Think about it. You want to know why the term heat culture pisses off so many New Yorkers, and there's so many of them in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast, so many Knicks fans. You want to know why that pisses them off so much? Because Pat Riley started heat culture, and as soon as he left the Knicks organization, which was the Knicks' fault, Mm. it wasn't Pat Riley's fault, it was the Knicks' fault, the Knicks became a bottom feeder, and they have never recovered from the tailspin. They had a couple of good years post-Riley with Jeff Van Gundy, and since then, it's been one big, giant, orange and blue turd. Yep. Oh, except for last year when Tom Thibodeau, oh, but then Trey Young ended them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome. But, but, but don't Knicks worry. A national disgrace, ladies and gentlemen. Stephen A., you're They're correct. They're horrible. They're <laughs> horrible. You're horrible! But at least they got to celebrate outside of Madison Square Garden after one, one playoff win Woo. in a best-of-seven series. <laughs> Jeremy is in West Palm. Jeremy's on Ken Levick Alive. Hi, Jeremy. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? Man, it's, 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 a, deep, it's a deep-seated hate, man. Listen, I sat there and listened to the radio station the other day, and I'm not going to say no names. Some of your colleagues, man, early in the morning, but you already know what's going on. Name I sat names! There and let them name listen. names! I'm not saying nothing. Don't do, it. Don't do me like that. Listen, <laughs> I'm gonna sit, they, they sat there and talked about the Bucks. The Phillies, six, the Sixers, Brooklyn. They sat there and talked about them for a full two hours, man. They didn't even make mention of the Heat until about ten o'clock. I know. And I'm like, bro, are you serious? You talking about the number one team? Nobody, no, nobody even had a dominant win like they had nope. at, at the first game of the playoffs. Nobody. Nope. And you're not gonna shed light on that? That's crazy, man. They number eight. I, I am completely with you. And it's hate. <laughs> they even they even like to disregard the bubble year. They they even like to disregard that be like, Oh, that wasn't a real that wasn't a real season. That wasn't a real season. Right. No way. Okay, listen. You gonna disregard that year because of the two teams that was there. And the one team that y'all felt that even shouldn't have been there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you absolutely. Know? And Jeremy, here's the thing too: like the if bubble any year, other two teams, if any other two teams would have been in that bubble year, that would have been a regular year. Yep. Yeah. And and honestly, the the team that won in the bubble, that was okay. That's validated because it was LeBron and yeah. it was the Lakers. Yeah. But the team that they beat in the finals, ah, uh, nope, fluke, total fluke. And that's what's so frustrating. And appreciate the call, Jeremy. Is is and and, and this is the excuses coming out of Atlanta. What we talked about yesterday. There wasn't enough time for Trey Young to get ready. Mm. They were the nine seed. Shouldn't have been in the postseason. Yeah. But these are the same people that say, oh, well, the next year the Heat proved that the bubble was a fluke. They had the shortest offseason in the history of the NBA. Yeah. And by the way, the team that beat the Heat in the bubble, what are they doing right now? Oh, that's right. Yeah. They couldn't get into the playoffs with the best player in the history of the sport. Cancun. And then the team, and then people tried to disregard the Heat's bubble run too by, you know, us getting swept by the Bucks the next year. But the Bucks went on to win the title that year, and yeah. the Heat were banged up coming into the postseason. It was, a, it was a rough, I mean, it shouldn't have happened. They shouldn't have got swept like that, but it, they were outmatched that year. Theo They're made back a, now one seed. Theo made a point earlier about social media. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I do trust Heat Mafia and Heat Twitter and real true Heat fans that are going to expose guys like we did Jay Will Dirty yesterday. He changed his tone about the yeah. Heat. He went and talked mess, and, and now he's, he feels like he's joining, kind of hopping on the boat. Time and time again, Bam is going to basically win the national championship that UCF won, like a, like a fake one. We're going to give him, as Heat fans, the Defensive Player of the Year. And this whole playoff run, we're going to give his stats. We're going to keep posting these highlights. I trust the, the, the true stats and the, the true narratives to come to fruition as, as this Heat you know, playoff run goes on. I, I trust Heat Mafia. Yeah. Ernesto and Boynton has a solution to the voting for postseason awards. Uh, I, I appreciate him not violating the one call per day rule, but <laughs> oh, he did. I do. You know, but but he he has taken a social media to give the solution, so I will give him the uh, the proper credit he deserves when we come back. We got a lot to do. Stone's gonna kill me because we're super late. Ken Levick alive, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu/slash/mba sport. The FAU MBA sport management program 22 years of doing it no disrespect here because employers know that when you get your mba in sport management from florida atlantic you're gold you've been prepared you know what you're doing you're going to be an outstanding 
outstanding intro into the sports industry where only the top echelons of the industry are your limit. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport Professors in the sports industry. First-hand knowledge right at your fingertips, right in front of your face. And conveniently, you can take courses remotely or you can take them on campus in beautiful Boca Raton. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. That's FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. What in sports is more disrespected than the Heat? What or who in sports is more disrespected than the Heat? And maybe we keep digging. Why are the Heat so disrespected? Where does this come from? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I can't follow a clock. And I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. We're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Ernesto and Boyden tweets the following about postseason award voting. After Bam got flat out disrespected, his words and mine and Theo's and Stone's, I have the solution for you. 30% player vote, another 30% actual reporters, the other 30% statistics and what you've done on the court, and the other 10% fans. The problem is solved. No. I think we're off to a good start, but yeah, there's some holes in that because conceptually, I'm a fan. I don't want any fan vote. I'm sorry. I don't want after Andrew Wiggins became an all star starter, I don't want any fan votes because this is also money. Like this money tied to winning an In MVP, con- right. being first There's team All NBA. Contract yeah. stipulations. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want fans but doing ridiculous for stuff. For everybody not wanting Jokic to win the MVP, fan voting would have prevented it, and it would have gone to the actual winner. In some people's opinions, and Embiid. <laughs> I don't know. I think no. the fans love Jokic, too. Though. Don't let him be cry his way into your MVP, Hearthstone. <laughs> I know you have an affinity for that guy. Yes, I do. But don't let him cry and complain his way into your heart like he does everybody in Philadelphia. I'll just let him dominate his what? way into my heart. <laughs> no. Dominate the official's I, whistle. What, what about this? What about this? <laughs> 33% coaches, 33% players, 33% media. What about the, like, the other one percent? One, yeah, the that's 1%. the fan vote. <laughs> that's Ernesto. <laughs> <laughs> Ernesto gets Ernesto. the vote, and he he represents the one percent. Yeah. He's the elite. All right. Or there's right. like a fan of the year every year, and they get to submit a ballot, and that's the one percent. Well, the oh, pro- no, the, he'll get killed. The problem is, this is all going to be wildly inexact, no matter what, because they're when you look at stats, especially in an advanced stat era. Like, this is where Bam gets screwed because the actual tangible stats that people want to look at, steals or blocks, which is why Rudy Gobert is a multiple-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year, is that blocks number, even though blocks are tend to be one of the most overrated statistics in all of basketball. For good defensive. Just ask Hassan Whiteside. Basketball, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, but, but if you can't, if you can't wrap your mind around advanced numbers, the analytics, and I have a problem with this too, so I'm not calling anybody out, but if you don't know which ones to pay attention to and you refuse to, some just want to go off of eye test because they're old school and they're stubborn and they're out of touch, that doesn't solve any problem. That doesn't solve any issue. So you can't just go off of stats and accumulation of stats, especially not on the defensive end, especially with the award we're talking about. Well, defensive stats we have been proven and proven to be imperfect, and it's been something that I think is still getting worked out even on the analytical side. There are certain stats that show you, okay, this guy is more effective. Like, this guy's team plays better defense more effectively when he's on the court versus when he's off the court. There are some stats that can illuminate that, but at the end of the day, there's no perfect stat. And those counting stats, blocks, and steals definitely – I mean, Allen Iverson would, like, be at the top of the league in steals, and we know he was just a gambler and a, and a turnstile on defense. Like, it's not – that's not what you need to look for. Uh, at Boston Armin on Twitter, everybody knows how good the Heat are. If they're not being covered much, it's because their first-round matchup is the least intriguing in the East. The other matchups have bigger storylines, and at least two are better. Hold this on. This is just a weak attempt at making it seem like the Heat are underdogs. So the Raptors – 
are le- less. The Raptors Sixers is a more intriguing first round matchup. Yeah, like please tune in. The, that's, like, the, that's the Hawks' fault. That's Atlanta's fault. They have Trey no. Young. I thought everybody before the series. Yeah, it was before all the series, Trey Young. Jay Will <laughs> Jay, Jay Williams is saying that the the Hawks could beat the Heat. Yeah, but and then one game in. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. He was ice cold. Yeah, it's 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 not intriguing because the Heat are that good. Right. Not because of the Hawks, because the Hawks was the golden child. Trey Young was like the point guy to everybody before the se- the series started. Best player in the series. The Hawks have a fighting yeah. chance. They're coming off of two wins. Big time play. No, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year because they had the Knicks, who stunk, and the Sixers, who had a point guard who refused to shoot. That's it. Yeah. And he missed all his free throws. I think he what, shot 34% from the free throw line mm-hmm. last year. Like That's the reason why the Hawks a, looked into the Eastern Conference Finals. coach final. who can't keep a lead. That for too. His entire career. That too. And Doc. And Doc Rivers, a guy that continues to blow series lead. Like the Hawks got to the Eastern Conference Finals by happenstance. Yeah. And then everybody was like, oh, they, oh, the Heat are in trouble. And then the Heat showed that they're dominant still. And now we have a less intriguing matchup. Mm-hmm. No, we just have a better team. Right. And so, uh, uh, again, uh, the Heat were the top team in the East for an entire season, even before this series. Uh oh, here comes Trey Young. That's not us trying to generate this underdog narrative for them. We simply have been reacting to what people of prominence are saying about it and influencing opinions. Don't put that on us. This isn't some weak attempt, as as that tweeter put it, to make them an underdog. No, this is what people have actually said. Yeah. And it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. By the way, tonight, Heat Hawks game two right here. On ESPN 106.3, your home mm. for Heat postseason basketball. Uh, we asked the question, who or what in sports is more disrespected than the Heat? Who or what in sports is more disrespected than the Heat? J.E. tweets the Mets and the Jets. What is what is said about the Jets that's not factual? Hold on, hold on. He, he's, he's confusing with. Disrespect with incompetence. We didn't say <laughs> what teams or organizations were more incompetent. Uh, right. we asked, That's not the question. Yeah, yeah. We asked who's well, more disrespected. Or check his profile. He's clearly from New he's York. Been, he's from New York. Let's see. Let's give a little gander here to the profile. I mean, there's a 98% chance he's from New York. They don't respect themselves. The Jets right. and Mets don't respect themselves, so why should we? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It's like, um, uh, yeah, yeah. And Jay, Jay's a great guy, yeah. but <laughs> great I think guy. there's a little <laughs> think there's a little uh, complex there yeah. because I now the Mets I get yeah, when yeah, you're they, the second team in that city. Like I understand it, I get it. The the Yankees have been no better over the last pff, decade. Yeah. Than the Mets, the Mets have been to a World Series. Uh, the, the 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 most recent compared to the Yankees. So I get that. That's a perpetual state of being, though. It's like me as a White Sox fan in Chicago. Yeah. You just know that you've been born and bred into disrespect, and it wears on you, but it's just part of your life. Now, the Jets, fine. They're the second team in that city, but they do themselves absolutely no favors whatsoever. None. Yeah. They were relevant for a short period with Rex Ryan, and from there... It's been 25 to 30 years of abject crap. Anybody that leave Mark Sanchez out like that? No, he sucks. He was with, he was with Rex <laughs> Ryan, though. <laughs> I'm saying, you're Rex Ryan, but yeah. kind of got to pair him up with That was the Rex Ryan. But so, this is what I'll say. Anybody that remains a Jets fan, after they, after playing the Dolphins two years, mm-hmm. two, two games a year, mm-hmm. made the coaching hire mm-hmm. of Adam Gates. And, and you thought it was good. <laughs> anybody, anybody who remained, a, just like for me, when I, when I said if the Carolina Panthers – go out and get Baker Mayfield after I had to sit through a year of Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker and what was left of Cam Newton, I will not be a Panthers fan anymore. I don't do that. I don't tie myself to losers who are losing on purpose. The Jets went got Adam Gase. They went got their guy. Yeah. And if you remain the Jets fans after that, you deserve whatever disrespect you get. Here's the problem. You can't can't when your franchise is a joke and your franchise is incompetent, as you put it. You can't be disrespected. That's actually not possible. It's impossible. It's like Canes fans, and it's been a bad last 20 years. But you can't sit there and say you're being disrespected because the last time you were actually something – was like 2002. Yeah. Okay. The, the Canes football program has done nothing to have anybody show you any type of respect. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. We haven't respected ourselves. 
Right. So, and we finally have started to respect ourselves more. We yeah. went and got a coach, and hopefully got now a new we, can, AD. we can earn it back and a new AD. Like yeah. we're we're rebuilding, but to get respect, you got to earn respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't earn respect, you can't be disrespected. And I know damn well it's the type of time Mario Cristobal's on. Earn it. Oh yeah, talk yeah. about it. That's how he wants it the hard way. And the Miami Heat have done so in the past two decades: three championships, four or how many finals appearances? That five. We lost two in the Big Three era. Then we mm-hmm. lost the one against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. So. Three championships, six finals appearances, and we're the one seed this year. I think we've done enough to earn the yeah, respect. Yeah, there's more than enough respect yeah. there. And uh, the previous caller mentioned the year that the uh, the Heat went on that huge second half and it barely missed out on the postseason. That was Dwayne Wade's last year when they acquired him from mm. the stretch run. Yeah, That was maybe his best coaching job. His first year, the second year of the big three, and then that season – are the three best performances by Eric Spolstra, and then we still it still remains to be seen how yeah. we're going to end up judging this year. He, but he is the master of working whatever is in front of him. And that was the year the Heat started off eleven and thirty, mm-hmm. and then finished thirty and eleven to go forty one and forty one. Coach Spolstra coached so well on the back end of that year that we ended up giving guys like Dion Waiters, Tyler Johnson, James Johnson, the fact uh, that Hassan Ty- Whiteside, a huge contract. He forced the Heat's front office into paying overpaying yeah. all of these guys for yeah. like four year deals and almost, you know, strapping us except for, oh, yeah. you know, Mickey Harrison and the guys know what to do. He coached so well that Tyler Johnson and Deion Waiters maybe earned the worst contracts yes. of Pat Riley's yes. executive career. Yes, yes. You know? And like, that's White how good a job he did. And his son Whiteside. Yeah, or I guess didn't Whiteside might have got the contract the year before, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. That was the whole way controversy. LeBron did give him his flowers, though. He said he's the best player development coach in the game. By the right? way, on Twitter. By yeah. the way, LeBron <laughs> sitting here live tweeting the postseason and <laughs> tweeting compliments about the Heat. You know what I can do without it? I can just Yo. flat out do without it. I don't need LeBron, who still <laughs> hasn't thanked Heat fans, still didn't take out a thank you in the Miami Herald or the Sun Sentinel or the yeah. Palm Beach Post or anything. A man who still hasn't thanked South Florida for the most loyal following he's ever had in his entire career. I don't need him praising the Heat on Twitter <laughs> while he's sitting at home during the postseason. I don't need it. LeBron is hilarious. He I just, don't need it. He just can't keep himself out of it, though. Anytime oh. anything happens with the NBA, he's like, let LeBron get into it because he knows Sports Center will play his tweet up there alongside with it. When they play the highlights, they're going to show a LeBron tweet in the top right corner. Yeah. Like he can't keep himself out of the conversation, even though he couldn't get himself into the postseason. Mm-hmm. And him and Kyle Kuzma are pushing for an Eli Manning Peyton yeah, Manning broadcast. Kuz- Stop, don't pump the brakes. And I don't know Kyle if we have Kuzma, to go to break. He wants to be on the Heat so bad. <laughs> But no, no, no. Why is he? That'd be a nice addition. He's just tweeting tell, about the Heat constantly. Tell me why I should care about Kyle Kuzma You tweets. should. You should. Who he is Kyle Kuzma? He's Who a, is Kyle Kuzma? He's a certified Twitter troll or a certified Twitter personality. He's great. He's a great follower. But he's better known for that argument. than his play yeah. on the floor. He honestly might be. I know who he is. Kyle Kuzma, right? NBA champion, which makes me want to uh, jam this microphone into my jugular. He would also tell you that. I'm an NBA champion. He though. is. What, and I'm not disrespecting about. the guy as a person. Yeah, sure. But he's Kyle Kuzma. Stop showing me Kyle Kuzma tweets. He doesn't. I'm sorry, but he is a marginal NBA player. That's what Kyle Kuzma is. His tweets don't matter. At least LeBron James is LeBron James. I don't want to see any more Kyle Kuzma tweets at the top right corner of TV screens. Kyle Kuzma dated a Kardashian, right? Or a Jenner? Yeah. Did he? Yeah, for a little bit. Kylie? No. There's no way. Was it? Not, I it, would, it wouldn't have been Kylie. It would have been Kendall. Text, Kendall. But oh, let gosh. me get a text Theo's confirmation from my girlfriend. Just might have changed me. Or my we'll, fiance. Uh, oh, we'll uh, we'll 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 yeah. get clarification. <laughs> Which Kardashian slash Jenner did Kyle Kuzma date? <laughs> we'll find out when we come back. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN One Hundred Six Three. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. We are, as always, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. I wanted to make sure that we reminisced on the good times. That being game one Sunday, the heat blowout of the Hawks. And why don't we make it our EDS hair conditioning coolest moment of the week? Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning.
May I interest both of you, Theo and Stone, in eight, mm. count them, eight mm. Duncan Robinson three-pointers. Oh. Robinson with a sweet stroke. Down Deadman. Shot clock at 10 as they chase Hero to the corner. Robinson from deep. That's good. A contested three against Herter. Uh, Robinson with a sweet stroke. You got to figure out other ways to motivate yourself, too, especially with a young team like the Hawks. Robinson. Boy, he is feeling it right now. Emotionally, this hasn't been the same team. Robinson on another triple. Honor that meniscus tear in his knee that cost him a huge chunk of last season before they eventually had to shut him down in the playoffs. Duncan Robinson, hero with five to shoot. Robinson, a dribble. He is just too good from deep. Turned his back on me. So Miami maintains the basketball and Robinson. Robinson carving him up. You know, it's something about that Big Ten basketball, bro. I don't know what it is, <laughs> even from that school, Michigan, where, but I, it's exciting to see this shoe. And again, if you're an Atlanta Hawk fan, you, you don't like it. But for a Heat fan and for a guy like Robinson who has struggled during the course of the year, you're not, you didn't benefit, you, you can't benefit from not doing your job. Robinson off balance three. My goodness. It is target practice can't benefit from not doing your job. Robinson off balance three. My goodness. A replay. A bonus. It is target practice. Doubled up on the target practice. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah. doubling up on the target practice. I like it. All highlights courtesy of TNT, including that extra one yeah. that Stone forgot to edit. <laughs> that, your EDS air conditioning, coolest moment of the week. Hey, if you have some hurty ankles or other foot pain, I have some good news for you. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, you need to see an expert in the field. That's Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They have a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. All you have to do is visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care is a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. So again, Heat Hawks. Game two tonight right here, ESPN 106.3, your Heat postseason home. We have a lot to do, including more on the Heat. Are we really super scared of the 76ers? Mm. Do we have an emerging champion out west and what is wrong with Baker Mayfield? See, I told you, we have a lot to do. We'll hear a woman chomping on Sloppy Joe's when we come back for the lunch hour. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.